This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 143 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss music to reduce stress in horses. The breed of the show is elk. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on vitamin E. And in Coffee Clutch, Coach Jen asks us a top secret question. Listen in. Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. Thanks for tuning in to the twice a month podcast that is all things geeking out on critter <laughs> happiness. That's it. This this is the this and, is the party place, folks. Yes, it is. And we haven't had one of our party people, Patty, for a whole month um, because she in part has been off vacationing. Party. Yeah. So please, Patty, inform us. Tell us all about it. Well, um, we, um, every year, take a family vacation. And um, we went a couple years to Grand Lake, Colorado, and have been trying to get back there. But between having grandchildren and all sorts of other stuff, it proved to be hard. Having said that, um, we did go with our two new grandchildren. One was 11 weeks old. I have to tell you, for... The first one was born born during COVID and then didn't travel. And then the second one just is in the car and flying and going all over and going on hikes. Um, but we went to Grand Lake, Colorado, which is uh, just on the National Forest. And it is, um, it's incredibly beautiful. But what I did not, <clears throat> not realize is that Colorado, at that area, Colorado had the second worst uh, forest fire in its history. And, um, which made, made us all the happier that we ended up being able to go because, you know, the, the town is completely, um, you know, based on tourism. Um, and I'll have to tell you, talk about people being grateful and just, just, just even, even with the forest burned, it was just magnificent. It was magnificent. And it's amazing how nature re rekindles itself, all the growth that was coming underneath, you know, um, the trees and the um, animals were, st- you know, all still out plentiful. It was just, it was just an amazing, amazing thing. And every morning we would get up and we'd go on a hike and we would go and listen to elk. Um, I don't know. Yeah, bugling. Heard- yes. It's amazing. It is. Well, as you know, later on in the show, I'm going to be talking about elks. There are so, they, I mean, I'm, I'm always been a moose but I don't know elks are right up there. It, it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. It was amazing to hear it and to see it. And just, um, Oh, it's just, it was just a, the most incredible thing just to just walk through a couple, uh, you know, trails in the woods and then look over and there is a bunch of mule deer or off to the yeah. left, there is some elk, you know, uh, it's just, it's so good for the soul and it's so wonderful yeah. to be outside and, um, you know, my number one thing every morning and every night was to get up early enough to find moose. And this time of year, um, 
it's funny when we were there in August, I think it was almost four years ago, we just got so lucky because I was watching a bull, uh, uh, follow a cow through, we were just coming out from, you know, going over to Estes park and driving back and everybody pulled over onto the side of the road. And if at least pulled over, then you all pull over and everybody gets yep. because there's always something to see whether it's just beautiful, beautiful meadows or whatever. And, um, there was a bull elk chasing, um, a cow, not chasing. Well, I'm sure she felt like it was chasing, but it was just like, and you're just sitting and going, I can't believe it, it was just, it's, inc- it's just incredible. But the time of year that we were going there a little bit more, I guess on the move because it is, you know, rut season. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It, it, it is, it was, it was, uh, it was hard to get, it was hard to come home. Even I was so ready to come home cause I miss my dog so much, but just, it's hard to explain the, just, oh my gosh, just how beautiful it was. I think probably my favorite evening that we had, we had a little porch off of our bedroom and it faced some mountains and it's of course very, very pitch black. And so Peter were sitting, Peter and I were sitting out there, it was pitch black and we were just, you know, chatting. And I was like, Peter, there's so much light behind the mountains. I'm like, that's weird. There's not, there's not like a town over there. And he goes, and he looks over and he would pat my hand. He goes, just wait for it. And I'm like, you know, just waiting. And I'm like, Peter, this is just crazy. What is it? It's like getting bigger. It's almost like, I feel like we're in one of the UFO movies and whatever. And he's just like rolling his eyes. And he's like, sweetie, just, just wait for it. Just, just wait for it. Okay. Just pat my hand. And finally, I'm like, Peter, this is just a good path. Look at the mountain and shut up. <laughs> and the moon. Just peek. It, I posted the pictures on Facebook. Doesn't even come close to it. it I was like, oh, 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 my gosh. That, like, I've seen, like, we have gorgeous sunsets and sunrises here in Texas. They're just beautiful. This was like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And it was just, I was like, where's all the light coming? And then there it is. And if that happened, a shooting star goes by. I'm like, okay, literally wow. I could die right now. Yeah. It was, it was, oh my gosh. It was just, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. I think you know, one of the things is, so, you know, you go to a place like that and there's so many hikes and there's so many things that you can do. And uh, we went out on ATVs and that was like unbelievable, but it's like, you look, you, you look out at this, all these lakes and these mountains and whatever. And it just, it's like, this is a painting or this should be a picture that someone takes. It's just, nothing is ugly. Nothing, not even the woods that were burnt. Nothing. There's nothing ugly about how just the grandness and how nature works. And, um, Oh, it was just, it was just, it was just incredible. So we, you know, our, our as a family discussion, we're like, okay, we're going to, we're, we're going to, you know, we want to go somewhere different. We, we really would like to go to, um, yellow Yellowstone or, um, the grand Canyon or, but it was funny the last two days as Peter and I kept going out, he goes, did you know there's like six more trails over there? I don't know. Maybe we ought to come back here next year. So who knows, but it was just, it was remarkable. It was unbelievable. Um, I just cannot wait. It was just, it was God, talk about God's glory. Oh my gosh. It was just amazing. It was just amazing. And it's so important that we protect it, that we protect it with everything we have. Absolutely. Amen. Amen to that. I agree. I agree, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, um, I would recommend it to, to, uh, obviously any part of Colorado, 
Denver's not so hot, but, <laughs> um, but just it's, it's Grand Lake. Um, you get into the Denver airport and it's a little over two hours and you go over these incredible mountain passes and, um, it was just amazing. I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back. So our topic today uh, at Roundtable is music that helps reduce stress in horses. And this is actually from uh, thehorse.com. It's an article that came out um, on October 1st, 2021. Uh, the, the big uh, international um, pharmaceutical company, Boringer Ingelheim, um, has re- released a music track. What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Boringer Ingelheim, the pharmaceutical giant, has released. It's the largest privately held far, big pharma. But th- that, firm th- but in the, world. the next four words are what got me. It released a music track. Wait, what is going on here? <laughs> um, it's called Equine Relax Tracks, and it's. Specially designed to help reduce stress in horses because research shows that, as we know, stress can turn uh, into equine gastric ulcer syndrome. Um, the musical arrangement is um, was created by a woman named Janet Marlowe, who is a sound behaviorist, composer and researcher and founder of Pet Acoustics, Inc., and I was so intrigued by this because I know you've all heard me talk about stress and ulcers about a thousand times. So I went to the link and listened to it, and I was immediately drawn in. And I thought, yeah, if I was a horse and I was listening to this, I would really feel not chilled like I don't want to do anything, but more in that relaxed balanced peaceful state of mind yes yeah because the the tempo actually it starts off very slow but then it picks up a little bit like you could sense a horse could trot to it so it's not like something that would put you put a horse in a coma um, (laughs) of relaxation um and i started thinking about the music that i hear in barns all day long and how in absolute contrast this music is to what's in barns. And in a lot of barns, um, you hear a lot of, you know, Spanish music mm-hmm. and rock music and pop music. Um, you don't hear a lot of classical music. And it just made me think, you know, maybe we as horse owners need to reconsider what kind of music would be more stress relieving for the horses? Yeah. I only listened to like two seconds of that today. And I was like, I was, I was, I think I was immediately drawn in. Yeah. By it's that, really pretty. Um, that's all I, the first thing I thought I was like, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I want to know is where can I get earbuds for my horse? <laughs> do they have those on Amazons? And do I do I search earbuds horse 
or earbuds equine. That you've just figured out a new uh, potential product. A new revenue stream for Horse Radio Network. Yes. Yes. Headphones for your horse. We can make we can make those little ear bonnets that everybody wears at the horse shows and have little tiny earbuds inserted into them. Have a little tiny pocket in there for an earbud. (laughs) And I was also wondering how this might translate into freestyles. Well, of course you thought of that. Yeah, that was kind of the first thing I I thought of. Then I thought of the barn environment because the horses are spending 20 hours a day in the barn. And they're listening to, you know, very upbeat, somewhat intense music. Yeah. Now, when... Do you, do either Patty or Tigger, do either of you ever listen to music while you're riding just for the entertainment value of it versus listening to music while you ride for the specific purpose of doing freestyles? Oh, I li- I'll listen to music. Yeah, yeah, I listen to music. How about you, Tigger? Um, no, I would listen to music that I thought might be rideable for freestyles. <laughs> But you wouldn't you wouldn't just turn yeah. on your favorite track and no. go riding? No. No. Interesting. So we're gonna put a link to the sound file in the show yes. notes. And yeah. It's it's very interesting because they actually did research. How did the, how did they do the research? Did they just ask the horses if they felt happy? Did they track <laughs> idiosyncratic behaviors? Well, th- this is of course from the article and I'm gonna quote it. Um, And this is from Janet Marlowe, who is the founder of Pet Acoustics. Quote, it's all about composing music and modifying the decibel and frequency levels of each note for the comfortable hearing range of the animal. Using this process, we have tested music through clinical studies at veterinary hospitals, barns to see the music elicit a release of physical tensions and stress behaviors. Okay. So it it sounds like they were using visual behaviors that we can observe as one of the criteria, whether or not they pace or um, stand around looking anxious or walk their stalls and that kind of thing. Okay. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. I mean, this could be a good thing for vet clinics to, to have, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, maybe contact uh, Janet Marlowe at Pet Acoustics and see what she could come up with for individual vet hospitals. Yeah. That's such an stuff. interesting concept, yeah. you know, because it really, I mean, it's it, the, the, the music is, it really draws you in. It does. I, mean, the, the, I can't wait to hear the, the whole thing, but I'm certainly, when I ride tomorrow, going to uh, put it on my phone and go around with it and see if it helps. And and maybe think tomorrow the kind of music that you might be able to find on iTunes or Spotify that's more in line in league with that, that you can create a, a playlist for the horses to listen to in the barn to reduce their yep. stress. Mm-hmm. That's such a that's such a great idea because you know some of the stuff that we listen to that we like with I'm sure they're just like you know it, it'd be like being in a with people that don't want to listen to certain you know music I mean there's certain music that ab- absolutely 
you know, gets me a little bit more tense or, I mean, I don't want to say angry, but, you know, um, I don't no, like as much. There's some music that I mean, makes I, me angry. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a well, hard it, time it, with it, heavy metal. I can listen yeah, to, very, you know, a little bit, but boy, if it's, you know, song after song after song, it, it just brings out the worst in me. Makes me really yeah. uncomfortable in my own skin. Yeah. You know, I, I remember hearing years ago that they did this study, and I don't remember where it was, and I think it was for like a doctor's. But, you know, a lot of times when you would call someplace and they would play music and it was classical music, and they did this study that the um, where they, they played classical music and then they changed it up. But they found that classical music made people, while they were on weight, more irate. <laughs> Which is interesting because I would have thought classical music would have mm-hmm. soothed people. Yeah. But classical um, music so, I mean, has an intensity to it. Yeah. It changes tempo yeah. a lot. It it its phrasing changes often. And it's unfamiliar to yeah. your average yes. American. It's not yeah. familiar. And Absolutely. I think a lot of times when you're listening to music, if you're listening to something familiar, even if it's not your favorite, I think you're more likely to feel the the Very time will pass more comfortably because you mm-hmm. you ex, you know what to expect. There's no what's coming next in subconsciously, you know. Well, and what's interesting yeah. about the frequency of this um, music that they've created for horses is it's a very high frequency. It's not a low frequency. You don't hear a lot of drums. You don't hear a lot of bass. You don't hear the lower vibrations. You hear a much higher vibration. So in that regard, you really could look for music that's, you know, written with a, a, a higher frequency. Yeah. And speaking, have- speaking of um, feeling anxious and tense and not <laughs> feeling like you would rather not, why don't we take this opportunity to give a call to Hedwig, the world's only <laughs> podcasting <laughs> Pomeranian. True. Who who needs soothing True. music? Who needs like, soothing music? <laughs> yes, who needs a, a prescription of it? Let's go. Hello. God, she answered the phone while I beat her off with my tiny paws. Good job. <laughs> really I was good job. Like, these are my friends, not yours. You don't even have friends. Go back in your corner, I said to her. <laughs> we have Did an she? important question for you. Yes. How did you manage to get out of the very, of going to, with your servant, the very famous and well-known Dressage at Devon horse show, which lasts almost a week long and is also an international competition? And I want to know how you got out of going. Well, a couple of things allowed me to escape this fate worse than death. Okay. First of all, to recap my history with Devon, previously I have gone. One time there was a hurricane and I had to have floaties because it rained so much that I could not walk anymore and I was carried away in a flood. And another time I went and my sister got sick 
and was sick all night. And then the servant got a migraine and she could barely even see. And then the horse was stupid and we had to come home early and that was the only good part. (laughs) Oh, so I, you know, I mean, last year was a a beautiful experience of no Devin and I was hopeful that the servant would just realize that public appearances are not something for which she is well suited that maybe just repeatedly losing would be enough to convince her that this was not a good idea but you know some people are slow so she insisted on going and taking two horses and I just immediately said to my sister Christabel I said we're not doing this again there is just no way we're doing this again and my sister who is faithful unto death to that idiot servant she tried to talk me out of it you know she said, it's our job, we're loyal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I said, bugger that for a lark. <laughs> and then I realized that I had one tool that I had not yet used. Uh-oh. My new siblings. Uh-huh. I, so I spoke to them and I said, hey, guys. You know what's awesome? <laughs> Devin. Oh, I bet she doesn't yeah. want you to go because you're not cool like us, but you should ask to go. And <laughs> would you believe the goblin fell for it even though he went last time? He's such an idiot. And then my other sister, Peas Blossom, she likes going places. She thought, She'd never been anywhere. She'd never been to a horse show. And we told her how fun it was and how great and how brave she would be if she went. And idiot fell for it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what did um, Peace Blossom and the Goblin have to say when they returned? Well, first of all, they were like in a coma because they were so tired because that horse show goes on for like 8,000 years. (laughs) No horse show should go on for 8,000 years. I mean, I understand that there's like a time loop in which Devin is always occurring. You know, there's like some sort of weird aberrational science fiction thing going on in which there's always Devin. And Humans and poor dogs enter that loop at the end of September every year. But the the eternal Devon goes on regardless. And so that's what happens. You know, you just stumble into the, that. The vortex. Yes. And then you're there forever and ever and ever. Yeah. It did not rain. That's true. Mm-hmm. There was no hurricane this year. So really, as far as I'm concerned, I pushed my siblings under the bus and I laughed at them. <laughs> because they didn't even suffer like me. Well, thank you for let, letting it, us know why you didn't go and the very important reasons. It's what, what I'm getting out of this conversation is basically you just didn't want to enter a time warp. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't believe that I am made for this sort of thing. You I'm gotcha. just better off oh. staying home. <laughs> I think I think all of Devon was happy you stayed home. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us today. 
You're out, okay. Teddy. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Teddy. You have a nice evening. Run along now. <laughs> and now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at the breed of the show, which is really the animal of the show this time. Um, coming back from Colorado, I had the wonderful experience of being able to witness um, elk in rut and have just, was just, just fascinated by them. And I, I have some things I kind of knew, but some other things that are just fascinating, just simply fascinating. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the bull elk, but talk a little bit about um, the cow, which is the female. Um, elk are also known as, I'm probably not going to do this justice, wapiti, uh-huh. which is one of the largest, largest species of deer in the deer family. Um, it's a, a Shawnee and a, a, what's that? Wapiti. A, wapiti, Cree word, and it means white rump. <laughs> well, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Know, it means white rump. So there you go. So there's, um, <laughs> um, elk um, range in forest and forest edge habitat. They feed on grass and plants and leaves, um, which basically ends up putting them in many, many, many different areas of the United States. I was in Colorado. Um, you can find them in Colorado, Wyoming, Oregon, Montana, um, tons of other places, but even Pennsylvania, um, which is kind of interesting, which they, I think they, they, in the last, I want to say 15 years have kind of migrated down to the Pennsylvania area, which is just really, uh, fascinating. Um, um, the male elk, if, uh, for people that don't, aren't familiar with elk have these uh, amazingly large antlers and they shed them every year and every year they get bigger, um, uh, with the oncoming year. And that, uh, obviously helps them with uh, rut, which means um, with the mating season. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more um, in a minute. But, um, you know, the elk is one of the largest uh, of the deer family. The largest elk there is is called a Roosevelt elk, which is kind of interesting. Wait, 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 the male wait, 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 elk wait, stop can... there. There's more than one kind? Yes. yes I, I thought are, an elk was an elk large... was an elk. Holy moly. Mind blown. No, there's actually... There's act- a bunch of kind of different species and it was a little overwhelming. I just wanted to find out about the pretty elk that I saw. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so that's why I was like, I'm not dipping my toe into that. Um, But um, the male elks can get anywhere from um, 710 to 730 pounds. Um, Their height at the shoulders, not including like their head up. There's the point of their shoulders. Can any be like four, four and, 4.9 4.9 feet, almost five feet. Female are anywhere from 500 to 530 pounds. That's big. Um, to like 4.3 feet. Um, gestation of a cow is 255 days, which I was like, what? That doesn't seem right. But anyway, um, that's, that's what I read. Um, so I am going to delve into a little bit just about their animals. Um, some of this may be a little repetitive because I found out some really fascinating things about them, but, um, they can grow when, so they start growing in April and they are fully, fully um, grown by generally August. They can grow up to one inch per day. Think about that. 
one inch per day, these incredible, these incredible antlers. Um, each antler um, can weigh up to 20 pounds each. So 40 pounds, um, uh, you know, total. So, um, and they shed them every year and it's just, so this, so this is also interesting and Tigger, you may have heard of this. Um, they, um, because they have, um, they grow so rapidly. Um, they actually, some scientists, um, uh, suggest that studying elk antlers might, uh, give us a, a help in, against fighting certain types of cancers in humans. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. Um, well, I know that the happening. velvet ha- is being studied on deer. Interesting. Well, I guess that elk is one of the fastest growing antlers in the deer family. Um, and again, there's different species of it, but that's kind of a interesting. I thought that was really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the other things um, that is makes elk just fascinating is they make this bugling noise. Uh, they do it during rut, and um, they uh, the, the sound is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, it it um, and, and, and it was funny because until recently scientists were a little stumped because um, the bugles reach a high pitch that are way too that are way too far high just to be produced by the elk's voice box. So if you, and I wish I had known this, but if you um, use your binoculars in watching a bugling male, which I had the opportunity to do, you'll actually see that both their lips and their nostrils are moving. So he's roaring and whistling at the same time. Did not know. Wow. Huh. Uh-huh. Kind of cool, right? Um. One other really kind of cool thing that is fascinating, I don't completely understand it, but um, so they, they, they actually make a, um, a distinct crackling or popping noise when they walk. And they, the researchers think that the elk use this sound to tell other elk that they are approaching from behind. So it's like a very specific sound. I, Again, I just find that completely fascinating. <laughs> um, last but not least, so um, the um, occasionally, a very rare occasion, the female, the cows w- have been seen bugling. And I'm not sure why they do this or why they don't do it, but they can occasionally do this. Um, but elk can count female elks, cows can count because they have done, scientists have noticed when a female elk is presented with a choice between a mate with nine antler points or 10, she most always selects the bull with 10 points. Really? Isn't that cool? Yeah. I have actually seen a royal elk, which is 12 points Mm -hmm. in Yellowstone. He was magnificent. Oh, I can't even imagine. I probably would just, uh, did you get to hear him bugle or? No, no, we were just, it was a little before he was resting and and then he stood up and I was like, and my dad is like, count count him, count, count the points, count the points. (laughs) Yeah. Royal, Royal elk. Wow. That's so cool. Well, you know, and considering how big they are, it's amazing because, you know, in some of them, like, and, and again, depending 
on which one you're talking about, but they can weigh, they, I've some of the stuff I read said they can weigh up to 700 pounds. Um, but they, a mature bull can run 40 miles per hour. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. They can jump eight feet vertically. Yeah. I've seen them jump off what I would consider cliffs or, you know, it's so steep. They're going down these hills, these mountains, and you just can't believe these cows, not beef cows, the elk cows, yeah. they just leap and head straight down like the man from Snowy River. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're yeah, very, very large animal, yet when they're on those yeah. crags, they're incredibly graceful and nimble for as big as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. It's it's shocking. It's just it's just shocking. Uh, the one last little antler um, thing that I learned um, is again they get bigger every year because obviously they get more mature. But also um, within a mature elk, um, the more um, sunlight they have, the more testosterone they produce. So that it then um, makes the, ant- the their antlers big, also bigger. So I thought that was kind of just, it just, it's just fascinating. I mean, like I have never in any research I've ever done on any animal, just even fun for heard about the clicking of their ankle bones. I was like, that's cool. Um, but it's just, you know, when you sit there and you nice to know them, you don't have to you know, call them that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, some joint exactly, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. My ankles, cr- my ankles pop and crank. I don't think that's the same thing, no. but it's just, it's just magnificent to see these things that, you know, can just, like you said, jump vertically straight up or jump down. Like it's just, it's, it's just a magnificent, magnificent animal. But to hear it bugle in the wild. It's amazing. Um, that's. It is amazing. I took some video and sent it back to some of my friends. And um, the first thing my one friend said was, wow, it's such an eerie sound. And um, and it's it, like eerie, not like bad eerie, but just sort of it's just so different. Um, and it's just you you can just feel it. Yeah. it, it and they were just so far away. There were, you know, two miles, three miles, four miles away from us. Um and just you could just feel it. It was just it was just fascinating. It was just absolutely fascinating. There you go. So they're I, one I of think, my new I think Patty has a new favorite animal. I think I do too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I gotta tell you, I, I got a crush on a moose. But I mean this was this was I last time we, we were there I didn't get the opportunity to see the elk like this. It was just neat to kind of see it um during rut and it was a game changer. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. The topic is searching for vitamin E. After many years of searching, <laughs> Biostar finally found a vitamin E complex of tocopherols and tocotrienols that meet our high standards. Our new ingredient is sourced from non-GMO sunflower oil. It's hexane-free and grown and expelled in Spain. We are the first equine supplement company to access this amazing oil. Why is vitamin E so important? In other words, why did we spend so many years searching for it? (laughs) Vitamin E is quite a fascinating nutrient. Uh, Actually, it's a family of nutrients. You see, vitamin E is actually eight different compounds. The one we all are most familiar with is alpha-tocopherol. But there are seven others that exist with alpha in various foods. In fact, in nature, 
alpha tocopherol does not exist on its own at all. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant for horses, dogs, and humans. By binding and neutralizing free radicals, vitamin E protects cells from oxidative damage. Vitamin E is important for healthy nerve function. Increased exercise creates more free radicals due to muscle energy and oxygen demand and a higher need for antioxidants like vitamin E. Pregnant and lactating mares and dogs have an increased need for vitamin E. Common sources of vitamin E for horses are quality pasture and hay. Horses need to be on quality pasture for at least 10 to 12 hours per day to get their required vitamin E. For many horses, turnout is limited to just a few hours and sometimes on dry lots. Hay provides varying levels of vitamin E because this vitamin degrades and decreases over time, particularly because it is heat sensitive. For horses in training and competition, hay just isn't going to provide enough vitamin E. How much vitamin E does my horse need? Well, according to the National Research Council, 2007 requirements. The requirement for vitamin E is 500 IU per day for a 1,100 pound horse at rest. A horse in light work needs 800 international units and the horses in hard work need 1,000 international units or more. Many nutritionists feel this needs to be reevaluated due in part to higher percentages of fat in many equine feeds which requires more antioxidants like vitamin E. The interesting part of vitamin E supplementation is that each horse metabolizes vitamin E differently. We can feed a group of horses the same complete feed in hay with approximately the same amount of exercise and rest and turnout and the exact same amount of daily supplemental vitamin E. And when we pull the blood to see where the levels of vitamin E are, some horses in the group may be normal, some high, and some deficient. It is very important, therefore, to run a blood sample once or twice a year to see where your horse's vitamin E levels are as well as selenium. How much vitamin E does my dog need? The recommended amount of vitamin E for dogs is 400 international units of vitamin E for puppies and small dogs and 800 international units for dogs older than two. Common food sources of vitamin E for dogs are eggs, Salmon, avocado, trout, spinach, safflower oil, sunflower oil, and soybean oil. The vitamin E family. Vitamin E is not a single compound. It's a family of compounds that exists in nature. The four tocopherols, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta, and the four tocotrienols, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. Foods that provide both tocopherols and tocotrienols include palm oil, rice bran, sunflower seeds, wheat, barley, oats, rye, soybeans, coconut, plums, and kiwi. Unfortunately, foods that are rich in tocotrienols like palm oil and rice bran oil have often been processed or altered so that the tocotrienols have been removed. 
Alpha-tocopherol is the most widely used tocopherol in supplements for humans, horses, and dogs. For a long time, the prevalent view was that only alpha-tocopherol was important. Early researchers of vitamin E concluded that since human plasma levels of alpha-tocopherol are 10 times as high as gamma-tocopherol, that alpha must be the most important tocopherol. Synthetic versus natural alpha-tocopherol. The synthetic form of alpha-tocopherol is delineated as D-L-alpha-tocopherol on a label. The natural form is delineated as D-alpha-tocopherol. Obviously, Biostar is not a fan of the synthetic form. It is not as bioavailable as the natural form extracted from plant oils because it is not absorbed well via the liver and the transport proteins. In addition, synthetic forms of alpha-tocopherol are derived from petroleum extracts. Most D-alpha-tocopherol is processed and extracted from soy oil or palm oil and to a lesser extent, canola oil. Companies do not have to identify the plant source of vitamin E on labels. Gamma-tocopherol is coming out of the shadows of alpha-tocopherol as research has increased on this notable tocopherol. In the last decade, more research has demonstrated the benefits of gamma-tocopherol, including the ability to inhibit COX-2 activity, the enzyme responsible for inflammation and pain, and inhibit the production of pro-inflammatory prostaglandin 2. Alpha-tocopherol showed no anti-inflammatory activity. Gamma-tocopherol can protect against nitrogen-based free radicals, which are associated with chronic inflammation. This is something alpha-tocopherol cannot do. Taking large doses of alpha-tocopherol depletes plasma levels of gamma-tocopherol. Gamma-tocopherol exhibits anti-inflammatory activity in vitro and in vivo. Gamma-tocopherol may provide interventional treatment for metabolic syndrome, and recent research has demonstrated gamma-tocopherol's role as a therapeutic agent in Alzheimer's disease by improving mitochondrial function and reducing mitochondrial membrane permeability. Although horses don't suffer from Alzheimer's, studies are showing that higher brain gamma-tocopherol levels are associated with higher levels of presynaptic protein levels, which can reduce risks of cognitive decline. I'm going to repeat this again. Taking large doses of alpha-tocopherol depletes plasma levels of gamma-tocopherol. The importance of the whole. A study from Rutgers University Center of Cancer Research in April 2012 found that gamma-tocopherols and delta-tocopherols are beneficial in preventing certain cancers, while alpha-tocopherol has no such benefit. According to one of the researchers, quote, a mixture of vitamin E that resembles what is in our diet would be most pr a most prudent supplement to take, end quote. Biostar has been searching for vitamin E that meets our requirements for several years. Vitamin E oils we have found until now have not met our requirements. 
We will not use soy or canola oils. We do not source from genetically modified plants. We will not use palm oil because of the environmental devastation currently being caused by the expansion of new palm plantations in Indonesia. This has resulted in one-third of the rainforest being burned to establish new palm plantations, causing the displacement of the Sumatran tiger, Sumatran elephant, and the orangutan. We will not use isolates. These are vitamins and minerals isolated from their whole food source. D-alpha tocopherol is a great example of an isolate. It is only one member of the tocopherol family. Biostar believes nature created the tocopherols together together as part of the matrix of vitamin E. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Oils such as soy, palm, and canola are commonly processed with a solvent called hexane. A filtration process removes the free fatty acids, other tocopherols, and tocotrienols. Hexane contributes to air pollution by reacting with pollutants to form ozone and photochemicals. But we finally found a vitamin E complex of tocopherols and tocotrienols from non-GMO sunflower oil. It's hexane-free and grown and expeller-pressed in Spain. We are the first equine supplement company to access this amazing oil and all its benefits. Coming October 31st, Biostar's Sun E1000 EQ and Sunny K9. We're really excited to finally have a vitamin E supplement that meets our standards and provides owners with a whole food complex of vitamin E. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And it's coffee clatch time. (laughs) And you hear a smile in my voice. Yeah, I'm nervous. See, once again, if these ladies give me the opportunity, I'm going to come out. Actually, this you've, you might have noticed a theme. We're, we're talking a lot about sounds today. And this one got me thinking. Um, what are your favorite and least favorite animal sounds now Ooh, what a good question yeah good question but oh, horses eating is not allowed to be used because everybody that's everybody's favorite sound so you're not allowed to say horses eating so tigger what are your favorite horse sounds oh only horse not animals in general no, no i'm sorry animal sounds animals okay. all animals but you're not allowed to say horses eating because that's all of our favorite sound yeah that goes for everybody well um I love a good howl. Really? 
Like I as do. in dog? Yes. Interesting. No, she doesn't. <laughs> oh god i'm sorry i cracked myself up <laughs> um yeah i and and it has to be the right you know pitch and i'm not talking about like a bay baying like a hound does but it's more like the ooh, like a coyote or a wolf i i love that sound oh, as in ba- like baying at the moon kind of a sound no no that's different. well yes howling at the moon. howling at the moon because they make that oh, it's an owl. See that—that's in the super cool closing. If you're a new listener, make sure you listen to the end. <laughs> Interesting. And you're a, you're a dog person, so that kind of makes sense. So one, your your top top of the list is a good howl. A good howl, and from a horse, it's it's the wicker. <laughs> oh no, yeah. That's the that's the polite. Yeah. One more mint, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you, Patty? What's your favorite animal sound? Um, it's probably one of my favorite sounds other uh, almost of all time is uh puppy noises. Oh, those little, little squeaks ah. and grunts they make when they're teeny weeny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. It's gotten me in trouble many times in my life. Yeah, puppy <laughs> Hands down puppy noise. Hands oh. down. Puppy grunts and squeaks. Hands. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. There you go. Jennifer? Yeah. This is a tough one. I kind of have a tie. It's either a wood thrush or chickens grazing, and I can't decide which. A wood thrush? Yes, it's a, a songbird, wood thrush. Oh well, there are lots of songbird sounds I love. Yeah, but there there are two wrens and wood thrushes are my absolute top of the line over all the other songbirds. And I thought, well, what kind of what kind of sound do animals make that it doesn't matter what else is going on in the universe? When I hear those sounds, my heart goes, ah. And chickens grazing yeah. is one of them. I love the sounds they make when they graze those those little purry clucks that they make. <laughs> yeah. And lots and lots oh, of our neighbors have chickens, so I get to listen to them making those chicken noises because they're free range. I love it; makes me happy. I love crickets. Oh, crickets is good. I love hearing crickets. Yeah, yeah. but not all not all crickets sound the same. There are different species no, they of don't. crickets, so that some of them are some of them are kind of an irritating sound for me. Yeah, and I love the sound of the spring peepers. Oh, those little frogs, little tiny frogs. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. I, and we know Patty yeah. loves the sound of a good elk. In yeah, bugling. bugling. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And I oh, I can't forget the owls because I love a good yeah. barred owl. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? <laughs> Hopefully you. We have. Hopefully you. <laughs> I don't know which. I don't know which owl it is, and shame on me because I've lived here for some years. But um, it sounds like um, somebody's pulling somebody's fingernails. It sounds like an angry monkey. Like a screech owl? It's an angry monkey. That's the oh. closest thing I can come to uh, that live near the house. But I don't keep the windows open to listen to them at night anymore because there's a snake that lives underneath my window and I just can't do it. <laughs> just, oh. I'm sorry, I can't do it. It just what kind freaks of me out. <laughs> um, he's a big old black racer and he's very well fed. He's about five feet long, 
He's a happy camper, Mm -hmm. but he lives right underneath the window in our bedroom. So when I open the window at night, I can't sleep because I just, I just can't. I'm sorry. Just can't. Nothing against the snake. Don't you have a screen on the window? I'm sorry. I just can't. I've watched too many Hollywood movies where they squeeze through. (laughs) It's all Hollywood's fault. Okay. It's all Hollywood's fault. Oh, there's one other sound I like. I just realized I like a lot of animal sounds. You do. I love the sheep. Sheep versus goat. Yes, I like sheep better than goats. Goats make, one of our neighbors has goats. And the goats have been making children goats like crazy for the past two years. Because he doesn't seem to realize that you need to separate the male goats from the female goats. (laughs) Basic husbandry. Yeah, basic husbandry. The concept is beyond our neighbor. So they're constantly having kids, and the kids just scream. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, I hate that. That's that's one of that's my, that was the next question, Patty. Least favorite animal yes. sound. Um. Uh. The 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 like meow of a cat, like that real high pitched. Um. Oh, it's the one they make when they see yeah. some stranger cat in their yard. Yeah. Or be the same sound when I took both of my um, rag dolls and had them shaved in a lion cut and my female didn't recognize my male and she she'd go around the corner the corner and she would be like wow and I'm like what are you doing this went on for three weeks and finally I like it's over now but I was just like it was it it was like it was like nails on a chalkboard why did you, know you know shave I mean? them um, be, because they, um, first off, they're adorable. They look adorable. Um, and they, um, I'm, they needed it. Really? It just makes grooming know. a lot yeah, easier, no, I would think. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, I groom them constantly and I, I, I don't know. Someone had said you should try, um. Yes, but when you clip them, you yeah. can groom them constantly and it takes a lot less time. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. So the, the yeah the angry cat sound I agree that's a terrible sound yes we did forget to mention yeah. the the wonderful purr meow meow yeah, I think that yeah the purr I mean that's good that's a that's a warms your heart yes I feel loved sound yes yeah yes definitely yeah did, lo- that pur- yeah that's good yeah Tigger what's your least favorite animal sound well the one right that just makes now, your skin crawl. It's the pack of coyotes that is running around my farm every night for the last three weeks. Looking for a free meal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I have chickens. And, of course, when they start, and they howl and yip. So the younger ones are yipping, and it's a big group. And then the older ones are howling, which, and then my dog starts. So I get the the beautiful melodic sound inside the house. Of everything canine. Yes. Whoa. It's it's mm. intense. It makes you, you know, remember what it was like with your ancestors sitting, you know, in front of a campfire hearing the coyotes. There you go. So you were, yeah. uh, you're, you're channeling your inner Bronze Age person. Oh, way mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Plains go. Indians. Yeah, there you go. So I was trying to think of what my least favorite, and it was interesting. Favorite and least favorite. Because one of my favorite sounds, similar to yours, Tigger, are hounds at work. 
whenever you have a group they're of hounds. Happy. Yeah. Because it's that happy, joyous sound they yep. have when they're on a scent. That's the bane. Yeah. And it's very different than the scent, the sound a coon hound makes when he trees a coon. It sounds mm-hmm. very different mm-hmm. than the song true. that a group of foxhounds make. It's very yes, different. It's and I cool. love that sound that they make when they work. Yet, the sound of a barking dog <laughs> sets my teeth on edge. And I don't understand how they could be so far apart, but they are. <laughs> you just have to teach the barking dog to, you know, to howl sing, the moon. To, to howl, and then, yeah. and then it's, it's really roo, quite beautiful. To roo, yeah. Yeah. So, and that that was one of them. And I thought, well, what other critters that are non-domesticated? This the sound that, that I dislike. We have really giant grasshoppers here in Central Florida, and I'm sure we have giant grasshoppers in other parts of the country. And when they jump, they make this weird little clickety clackety noise as they hmm. pseudo fly. Oh, yes, I hate that sound just because it freaks me out. Because when I'm riding out across a field, yeah. and they do that, I expect my horse to spook. Because they, they like fly up, make this terrible racket noise, and hit him in the nose. The horses don't even notice it. It freaks me out every time. <laughs> I spook at it. <laughs> so I hate it. So you're, you're dog and insect sensitive. I think so, yes. So the other <laughs> sound that I really don't like is the sound of a yellow jacket or a wasp. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And by the time no you hear them, it's too late. <laughs> right? <laughs> by the time you hear them, it's too late. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> well, Never we're gonna we're gonna go to thing. Amazon and get you some noise canceling headphones so that you can <laughs> yeah. listen to equine relaxed tracks with your noise canceling headphones and then I be happy. I... <laughs> there we go. Easy I think that's enough. a good solution. Good solution. It's a perfect solution. I think that about wraps it up for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much to BiostarUS.com for sponsoring the show, because without BiostarUS.com, we wouldn't be here. Check them out today for all of your supplement needs that come from natural, sustainable, source food, whole food sources. And uh, thanks, Tigger, for putting it out there. And we'll see you next time on Healthy Critters Radio. Thank you.